0: Good evening, our main debate at 9 o'clock. Wharton's India Economic Forum probably never got so much publicity before. This has now become a full-scale political face-off. Wharton student organizers are now reaching out to Congress leaders like Sheila Dixit and Shashi Tharoor. As the debate grows over Mr. Modi being uninvited, a Wall Street Journal columnist backs out saying that Wharton has violated principles of freedom of speech. Is that the real issue now? Shashi joins us on the show, but first, the other top stories. In a major change, for the first time in India, the age of sexual consent is likely to be lowered to 16 years from the current 18. This had been a recommendation of the Justice Verma Committee, but in its recent ordinance, the government had rejected it. Now, a new cabinet note has been prepared recommending the lowering of the age of consent and other major changes. Sunil Prabhu has his exclusive. Sunil, it's interesting because this was really a sticking point. It's a controversial issue. Why has the government changed its mind? Is this based on the uh, Standing Committee report?
1: Yes, uh, Sonia. it's based on the Standing Committee report. It's also uh, based on the fact that uh, a number of young individuals' uh, maturity levels uh, have uh, uh, gone down. And that's the reason why uh, they have gone ahead with that decision uh, to bring it at uh, 16 years. Having said that, uh, the new cabinet uh, uh, note will repeal the old ordinance and uh, promulgate uh, and uh, b- bring out a new uh, uh, bill as the criminal law amendment bill two thousand and thirteen as it will be called uh, and uh, uh, they of course also brought in the concept of uh, rape once again reintroduced uh, the word uh, and uh, b- b- broaden that definition and remove the word sexual uh, assault uh, based on the Burma Commission uh, recommendations. and one more minor change uh, which is to ensure that anybody who uh, who has to go to a hospital or a nursing home will have to be admitted, be it private or public, and failure to do so uh, will be uh, uh, punishable. Uh, They have, of course, uh, uh, refrained and uh, remained, uh, uh, not touched the issue of marital rape, Mm -hmm. or for that matter, the Armed Forces Special Powers Act. Uh, But uh, broadly, the uh, cabinet uh, will uh, sit on uh, Thursday morning and give its uh, final uh, decision. And uh, we are told by early next week uh, Parliament will have to discuss this uh, because the deadline is the 4th of April uh, for, uh, for ensuring that this uh, ordinance does not lapse.
0: Of course, uh, the big question is how Parliament will function because we saw the second day of disruptions today. But the other big story, Sunil, of course, which you've been reporting tonight, and that's uh, Congress Vice President Rahul Gandhi saying he is not interested in being Prime Minister. So already the questions are being raised that whether the, uh, if the UPA comes to power in 2014 Who could be Rahul Gandhi's Manmohan Singh? But Rahul made these and other comments in over a one hour impromptu chat with MPs in the Central Hall of Parliament. He also slammed the high command culture. He said he knew it was brought in by his grandmother Indira Gandhi, but those were different circumstances. But he pointed to the fact that there were high command culture continued in the BSP, the SP, he said the BGP and the Congress. And of course, when he was asked on marriage plans, he said he didn't want to get married because he didn't want to have children and be status quoist i.e. that he says this means that he would want his children to continue dynasty.
1: For the nearly 10 Congress MPs who were present in Central Hall, it was a different kind of Rahul Gandhi to listen to, with him saying it was wrong questions that were being put to him. But a reassertion for Rahul Gandhi to once again reiterate what he said at the Jaipur Chintan Shivir of the Congress Party, saying that the Prime Minister's post is not his priority. He's interested... In long-term politics, sending a message that he wants to end the high-command culture of the Congress party, just as it's prevalent in other political parties. Rahul Gandhi is our high command. <laughs> but he says he wants to stop this high command. It is all right. Mahatma Gandhi is my hero. That's the message Rahul Gandhi wanted to send to his Congress MPs. But what really surprised and amused the Congress MPs was the question about his marriage plans. Rahul Gandhi saying that's the wrong question put to him once again and responding by saying he doesn't want to be a status quoist of having children and then continuing the dynastic culture within the Congress party.
0: Well, moving from one Gandhi to another, Varun Gandhi of the BJP getting a clean chit today in the last case filed against him for an alleged hate speech in the 2009 campaign. Varun Gandhi had claimed that his statements were taken out of context. The police in court could not produce either the original footage or find any witnesses.
2: I'd
1: like to thank the judiciary. I'd like to thank my family, my legal team, and also the millions and millions of Indians who've prayed for me and who've given me strength along this uh, tiresome journey. I shall continue my work for a strong
0: and united India. Well, violence again in the Kashmir Valley with protests escalating. Crowds were out protesting against what they say has been complete high-handedness by security forces in Baramula to suppress dissent. The army opened fire. One person has been killed and the impact was immediate. 3G services have now been suspended in the Kashmir Valley, so there are no internet services. Also, in an unprecedented move, the police have now filed an FIR against the army for the murder, they say, of one man. The pressure building up, however, for Chief Minister Omar Abdullah, who delivered an emotional speech in the Assembly in Jammu today, virtually breaking down at one point when he said he had no idea why the army had fired on a small procession and he could not keep apologizing to the families of those killed. (laughs)
3: बड़ी ख़िलाड़ी करके
4: बहुत बोलना चाहता
0: An emotional Omar Abdullah there who has said, however, that he will not resign because his resigning will not bring back a lost life. Moving to our big debate tonight. What's meant to be a student organized forum has now become a mini political battleground. Student organizers at the business school Wharton are now desperately trying to reach out to Congress politicians to attend their forum, but so far have got no response. This, of course, after the uninvited Narendra Modi. So far, Rahul Gandhi, Sheila Dikshit, and Shashi Tharoor have all said that they can't make it. But many others do seem keen to attend. Let's just look at that story.
4: The Water in India Economic Forum has turned into India's political past struggle. Within hours of Narendra Modi's cancellation, speculation was rife that Arvind Kejiwal was replacing him. A few hours later, Mr. Kejiwal confirmed he was on a public policy panel confirmed early in the year, not a replacement for the Gujarat Chief Minister. Mr. Modi's
5: cancellation has nothing to do with my invitation. These are two completely independent events as far as I know.
4: But the controversy wasn't over. Indian writer and Wall Street Journal columnist Sadanand dhume also pulled out of the meet saying... It sort of put me in a dilemma.
2: I mean, I thought that uh, Wharton should either not have invited Narendra Modi or once they had invited them, him, they should have stood by it. So this is something that would not normally have been a freedom of speech issue. They're free to invite whoever they want to. But once they invited him, I don't think they should have crumbled, I don't think they should have backed down on the face of pressure.
4: Dume joins Senna leader Suresh Prabhu, who pulled out, protesting over Modi's invitation being recalled. The Gujarat-based Adani group also pulled out, sponsorship from the event miffed over the snub to the chief minister. But their loss could be the Congress's gain. Sources have told NDTV Wharton has approached several Congress leaders following the Modi fiasco. Hello. Rahul Gandhi has been approached several times in the past via his key aide, Kanishka Singh, a Wharton alumnus. On campus, meanwhile, the views remain bitterly divided. But the Wharton-Modi controversy has raised a bigger question. That of moral blemishes versus corruption litanies. Is any Indian politician truly immune? I'm standing outside the Wharton Business School at the heart of this controversy. The air outside is cold, but the heat is definitely on. How do you separate economic success from political past? Where do you talk about humanitarian grounds? And I think at the Wharton campus, this is a tremendous amount of debate which is going on in the Indian diaspora as well as beyond. And this is something that only India's conscience will now have to answer at the Wharton campus in Philadelphia, Namrita Brar for NDTV.
0: Well, joining me tonight is Shashi Tharoor, Minister of State for Human Resources Development. Thank you very much for joining me, Mr. Tharoor. This, of course, when we hear that you have been invited by Wharton's India Economic Forum. Are you going to be going?
3: Uh, No, no, this was an invitation sent six, seven weeks ago Mm -hmm. to be the keynote speaker. And I had declined saying that uh, this would clash with my commitments in parliament. They have actually invited me every year since I spoke there in a similar capacity four years ago and I have not been able to go since. It's a a, a great forum. I'm happy to address it, but frankly, parliament takes priority and so I suggested to them that they should approach somebody else who didn't have a parliamentary priority. Perhaps that's why they went to a chief minister. I don't know.
0: Are you surprised by this whole controversy in one sense, uh, The snub as it were to Mr. Narendra Modi is being seen by many in the BGP and others as an insult to India. We've seen uh, other columnists who are not normally Mr. Modi's supporters as such, making the point that uh, Wharton's India Economic Forum took the wrong decision. In fact, and Dhume said that they failed to provide a neutral uh, platform to encourage cross-pollination of ideas about India. What is your take on this, sir?
3: No, I actually agree with uh, Dhume on that because, in fact, you know, obviously I disagree profoundly at every level with Mr. Moody, but I think it's far better to debate his record and his views rather than to try and suppress his voice by disinviting him. Uh, I would agree that once they had invited him, they had a duty to hear his, uh, his point of view. They should have asked him questions, including uncomfortable ones. They should have challenged uh, some of his assumptions and arguments. That's what makes for a stimulating debate. Mm-hmm. And on a university campus, that's what the entire process should be all about. I think that it was, a, it was a pity. I suspect, you know, knowing that these are student organizers and remembering the group of uh, wonderful student organizers I interacted with when I did this four years ago, my own feeling is that, quite frankly, they just uh, didn't want the bother. They got so much of heat. They said, oh, my gosh, we can't cope with all this trouble. Let's, let's get ourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a considered decision. And I suspect they're, de- they're regretting both their decision to invite and their decision to disinvite because both were rather perhaps insufficiently thought through.
0: Do you think uh, the decision to invite, the point you just made, were not sufficiently thought through? Why do you think the decision to invite, do you think in that sense Mr. Modi is as much a legitimate political leader as a democratically elected chief minister of India? There is a view that disinviting him in this sense is something that should be protested by all. And you are a rare Congress politician who says that perhaps uh, this should not have happened because most others, at least uh, off the record, are happy with it.
3: Well, I should stress I'm not speaking for my party or the government. This is a purely personal view I'm expressing, and I've said this on Twitter as well, that it's a personal view. But my own view is that once they had invited him, I'm not saying that I would have recommended they invite him, but once they had invited him, they had an obligation to listen rather than cave in to the objections of people outside. Because the fact is that, you know... Uh, it became the line of least resistance. There are lots of people protesting. There might be demonstrations outside. Maybe we'll have security implications we haven't thought about. Who wants the grief? Let's disinvite him. Well, mm. that's that's really the line of least resistance, and it's not good enough. Once you've made a decision to invite somebody, you should, should stick by your guns. And I think the kids have learned a lesson. Uh, this is a student-organized event, and I don't uh, in any way... Uh, 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 Disrespect that. I think it's good that young people have actually created an event that's become so prominent mm-hmm. and that attracts such an extremely serious level of participation, not just from political figures, by the way, but from captains of industry. We've had some of India's biggest corporate figures going to Wharton and speaking there, mm-hmm. so, and, and, and entertainment figures and others. It's, it's, it's a big conference, and students have built it up. So that's great, but they should think these things through. And when they decided to invite somebody who was known to attract protests, They should have said, well, if we invite them, we'll have these consequences and we should be prepared to stick to it. To invite and then to disinvite is what I suggested shows they haven't thought things through.
0: What's, uh, what's interesting, of course, and uh, I think the heart of it is not about a student's conference, but the heart of it is this whole uh, view that some would say is that, you know, the, who is the U.S.? So why should the U.S. Uh, have objections or uh, express reservations or even not grant Mr. Narendra Modi a visa? When the fact is, again, he's a democratically elected chief minister. He faces no case in any, any Indian court. So why should the U.S. be the judge or arbiter in this matter? What's your view on that, sir? You no,
3: know, all all their judging is whom they want to allow into their country. We make that judgment all the time in India. There are many people whom we don't allow to set foot on our shores, perhaps more than you or I might be comfortable knowing about. So every country has the sovereign right to decide whom to admit, and if the U.S. has made that decision on the basis of political grounds or other kinds of pressures, that's their problem. It's an internal U.S. affair, and I honestly don't think that any of us in India has a right to tell the U.S. whom to let in or to object to whom they don't let in. It's their problem and not our problem. Obviously, uh, in this particular instance, uh, he was going to be addressing this meeting by video conference, so the visa issue was irrelevant. Mm -hmm. He has addressed, as far as I know, other gatherings on American soil by video conference. Mm -hmm. He has addressed, I think, a World Gujarati Conference and so on, which met in America. So it could be done again. I mean, I don't see any problem. And as I said, I think I assumed when he was invited that the organizers had thought all of this through. Unfortunately, their sort of beating a retreat suggests they had not But in all fairness, I would agree that people who are seriously interested in India have to pay attention to Mr. Modi. Just as we who are in India pay attention to what he stands for, what his record has been, mm-hmm. it's perfectly legitimate that people who are concerned about India abroad are having a conference about India should listen to what he has to say and, and should make up their own minds about him. I have no problem with that. We are a democracy. Yeah. And in a democracy, we certainly want all points of view to
0: be heard. At the, at the heart of it, really, uh, when I talk about the political background in a sense, at the heart of it here is also that Mr. Modi's uh, growing appeal amongst uh, a certain young urban middle class, and we saw that when uh, with his uh, well attended address at Shiram College of Commerce and the reactions to him and his speech. You uh, kind of uh, took answered, uh, took a slight dig at it in his whole glass metaphor at the Hindu College a uh, week or two after that. The point is that Mr. Modi is reaching out to a certain uh, young vote uh, voter, which. The Congress seems to be lagging behind in. And interestingly, of course, you've had uh, Rahul Gandhi today speak to MPs saying, I'm not interested in the Prime Minister's post. So two contrasts there, you would say, between what uh, the BGP's uh, campaign face and the Congress's campaign face.
3: I don't agree with that, Sonia, because in fact, Rahul Gandhi's appeal on college campuses has already been demonstrated over several years. And I've been to a couple of campuses where he made a stunning impact with his own presence. So I don't think that it's unusual for different groups of young people to want to see see different political uh, leaders. uh, I mean, I get a pretty decent audience when I go to a college campus, so I I can tell you that uh, it's not only Mr. Modi who attracts crowds of young people. There are young people with different views ...from those who applaud Mr. Modi and there are people with genuine curiosity about Mr. Modi, about Mr. Gandhi and
0: about others. Why not? No, but Mr. Rahul Gandhi may attract crowds with his presence, but the fact is that we don't know what his speeches say often because they're not telecast live. And Mr. Modi seems to have made a clear uh, decision to reach out to the young of India and the Congress clearly falling behind in that.
3: Well, you all helpfully oblige by telecasting his speech live. I don't think there are too many college speeches that have been telecast live, so the, the media... Has clearly made the judgment this is worth doing. I, I've certainly seen uh, brief snippets of Rahul Gandhi's campus appearances on various news programs, but none of you has actually taken the trouble to broadcast an entire appearance live. I think the media's news judgments are also at play here, and you know we'll find out whether uh, Mr. Modi is principally a phenomenon of the urban middle class media, mm-hmm. or whether indeed this uh, uh, this televised speech. Would have the same resonance in other parts of the country. Speaking as an MP from Kerala, I don't think it would uh, attract many TRPs there. But this is a, a different sort of issue when you talk about national appeal. I've seen Rahul Gandhi walk into St. Teresa's College in Kochi and seen the mass adulation. These are, this is a national issue you're talking about. I just don't see the comparison.
0: Well, of course, uh, Shashitharud, you know then that media is often not allowed into any of Rahul Gandhi's uh, speeches as well well at college campus, etc. But do you think this whole controversy has made Mr. Narendra Modi even more of a hero, as it were, to his followers? I mean, uh, you're perhaps uh, one of the few politicians who uh, exceeds Mr. Modi's following on Twitter. But has this made him even more of a hero for his followers? I don't
3: know, because, you know, there are obviously, this word followers is very misleading. I know that many of my followers are not fans of mine, and I'm sure that's true of Mr. Modi. Follow, people follow what you have to say because they're curious about you, and some follow what you have to say in order to have grounds to attack you, and some others follow what you have to say just to know what you're up to. This there's, there's a whole range of all of that. So, yes, I'm sure that there are some uh, particularly strong, passionate, true believers in Mr. Modi who have rallied to his cause, but they would have been equally passionate had he actually addressed Wharton, and they would have been retweeting his speech and and quoting lines from his speech. It's whatever he does, they will support him. As far as I'm concerned, I think what this controversy has done is certainly it has drawn attention to the organizational deficiencies you and I have already spoken about, Mm -hmm. but it's also reminded people that in Mr. Modi, the BJP has a rather controversial figure who polarizes opinion perhaps more sharply, than many other political figures in India would. And that is something that obviously the political class of our country has to bear in mind. You're talking about a politician who has specifically uh, a problem when it comes to people's willingness to accept him uh, as as somebody they want to listen to or or be with or be led by. Uh, And that is not quite the same phenomenon when it comes to other politicians.
0: But you won't see it as an insult to India
3: no i I do think it was an unfortunate. I said so at the time. I, I felt it was unfortunate, and that they should have given him a hearing, and I think they should have challenged him in the course mm-hmm. of his of his appearance. that's what I think the students should have done so but i'm I'm not so quick to take offense and feel insulted uh, just as you know I think that uh, uh, my good friend Shah Rukh Khan uh, being detained at the airport is not an insult to India. Mm-hmm. It's bad behavior by the U.S. Uh, authorities, but we are too quick sometimes to see insults to India where none specifically are intended and certainly no insult to the entire nation is implied.
0: Shashi Tharoor, uh, thanks very much uh, for joining me this evening. Let's see what uh, the student organizers finally do uh, manage to end up with, which politician will actually replace Mr. Durendra Modi. They promised that it would be a very prominent politician. Let's see who it actually turns out to be and from which party. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's just go across to the rest of my panel joining me this evening. I'm joined by uh, Shaina NC of the BJP. I'm joined by Sohail Seth, uh well-known columnist and opinion. Opinion maker and I am also joined from uh, New Jersey by Jesh Patel, President of the Overseas Friends of BJP and Mr. Patel joins us because Mr. Patel I hear that you have now invited Mr. Modi to address your organization via video conference. So, you in fact want to make sure that you will fight back with Wharton in a sense. So, this is your compensation for Mr. Modi not being, uh, uh, being uninvited at Wharton
5: yeah we are we are very much concerned that you know actually we have been working for a long time you know, and then we, uh, Mr. Modi gave us the you know okay that in, he will be addressing the gathering actually in the, uh, it, it is between the uh, New, uh, New Jersey, the whole United States and mm-hmm. the Canada. He will be addressing live from New Jersey and Chicago and then the whole uh, like a mil- more than a million people will be watching this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing has happened before also when Mr. Advani came to uh, New Jersey, then, uh, you know, the TV Asia and other TV media, they covered the whole event right. and it was telecasted okay. live uh, throughout the nation. Mm-hmm. And similarly, again, uh, Mr. Modi is, uh, you know, we have on on March 9th. Uh, it will so, be telecasted live, and more than a million people are uh, about to watch uh, his uh, live telecast. And I don't know why Wharton has to cancel this.
0: Right. So, in a way, uh, Sh- Sh- Shaina, I see. Who cares about the silly students and Wharton when you've got the overseas <coughs> friends of the BJP? But let's just look more at the core issues. And I think perhaps part of the reason the BJP reacted so strongly was that there was a certain image building of Mr. Narendra Modi had been happening after the European Union ambassadors had met him, after the British High Commissioner had actually gone to Ahmedabad to meet him. The BGP had said that this is a man who can be Prime Minister not just on national but on international stage. And that whole image, the setback to that came with this Wharton decision. Would you agree?
6: Uh, Not at all, Sonia. I mean, just view it in totality. Did Mr. Narendra Modi solicit an invitation? Clearly not. He is a three-time elected representative and a chief minister of the most progressive states in the country. <laughs> the United Nations itself says that the number two state worldwide is Gujarat. Wharton sends an invitation. If at all, I think it's disrespectful in the way they kind of disinvited him. And that's not just a disrespect to Narendra Modi, but I think to all of India. Because today, Narendra Modi is probably one of the tallest leaders we have. You have three, um, you know, professors who write a letter of Mm agitation and they withdraw an invitation. The point is that if Mr. Modi was so keen to solicit an invitation, clearly he would do it at an Indian
0: institute or an Indian university and not America. Let me just bring in. Uh, let me just bring in. Sohail said really on this point. Sohail, th- in a sense, this controversy and uh, <coughs> has got a lot of attention to the Wharton India Economic Forum. Those student organizers have probably never had such a uh, this talked about so much. But also, what's interesting is that even people who are not generally supporters of Mr. Narendra Modi have come out and criticised this uh, decision by Warton. So, in a sense, has it been win-win for Narendra Modi?
7: No, I think. Uh it's been win-lose for Narendra Modi, to be fair, because there are those people who say, oh, you know, the United States doesn't accept Narendra Modi. Having said that, my advice to you, Sonia, would be never consider Wharton for your children. If they can't manage a goddamn economic forum, how will they teach all these little blokes an MBA? I mean, I think it is the most ridiculous exercise that Wharton has gotten into. Mm -hmm. If you invite someone... You must have the courage, the tenacity, and the experience of free speech that America so-called professes to hear a contrarian point of view. I mean, this is the same America that was in bed with Gaddafi when it suited them, that was in bed with Saddam until they exterminated him. So the hypocrisy and the doublespeak of America is pretty well known.
6: Mm -hmm. For
7: Wharton to subscribe to that doublespeak is a bit distressing. A.B., I genuinely believe that by doing this, Wharton has brought greater discredit to itself than either to Narendra Modi or this whole jingoistic concept that we are seized with, oh, has India been insulted? You know, apart from 100 students, some whose parents have gone on freebies there and a couple of very boring professors, no one actually cares for an India economic conference. They are more interested in hanging
0: out on Google with Shidambaram. Trust me. (laughs) Manishankar, I come in on that because uh, the whole point you making that this is really the Wharton has done itself disservice. Uh, you've seen uh, various people, even people who are not Mr. Modi supporters come out saying that this decision should not have been taken. It violates uh, Wharton's very own principles of this uh, forum. Shashi just spoke to us as well and made the point that, of course, he's not a Modi supporter, but disagrees with the way this was done. What is your take on this, considering, of course, your recent comments on Mr. Narendra Modi, where you called him a scorpion in response to him saying the Congress was like termites. Do you feel that Wharton did the right thing?
8: I said he was a scorpion and I said he was a snake I was at Cambridge in the years 1961-63 and the union decided to invite a Nazi and it was just 14 years, 15 years after the end of the war and the Cambridge University proctors came down on this and said they would not allow a Nazi to come to the Cambridge Union and since Modi is a present day incarnation of Adolf Hitler. He's got the murder of all these Muslims on his head. He's a man without Ms. remorse. No, a rotten,
0: no, Ayur, I'm sorry, human I do have to interrupt at this point. Totally no court in India has got any Mr. case against Mr. Narendra Modi. Yes. That can be a personal opinion, but it cannot at be I satisfied. Know. And Mr. I Manish Manishankaraya yeah, gets I, into I, this kind yeah, of debate. They the don't party. have
6: a case against I think we get a view of they what the youth of this country is thinking. He should get no, but I
0: don't of think you can compare calling, symbols, calling Congress people termites to calling had someone a murderer. I
8: thought, you had, I thought you had asked me a question, I am answering it. And if these are fascists who are interrupting me from free speech, then perhaps they'll understand why a sod like Northern Narendra Modi has been disinvited by Wharton. Wharton had a platinum. Uh, sponsor who is a huge beneficiary who is a huge yeah yeah you can have your say madam but allow me to have my say I understand that Sashi Tharoor has come up in favor of freedom of speech let me as a secular fundamentalist have my point of view if you won't let me have my point of view I don't understand why Narendra Modi should have his point of view. Ms.
0: Iyer, I've let you have your point of view. I just said that on a statement of fact, I just wanted to say Narendra Modi faces no case in Indian court, China NC, go ahead.
8: All right. Uh, he doesn't have any cases so against him the, the point Indian. is very so clear you
0: have this microscopic
6: minority in which mr manish shankaraiar definitely fits in or slots but why don't you let me narendra no, I, I, no, I was no. asking shaina the question i was asking
0: shaina the question let her finish then Excuse i'll come back me. to you shaina i'll come back to you i was Man, asking the ask question. question go ahead shaina ask me a question let me please say go ahead shaina
6: there is this microscopic minority in which Mr. Ayer definitely fits in, which is constantly bashing Narendra Modi without realizing the public support he has, the electoral victory he has got time and again, the youth which is supporting him on social media, the women who are supporting him across the length and breadth of this country. So if you can have a contrarian view, why can't one express it? And clearly, we don't want America giving us a certificate on what they would like to hear or not like to hear. The point here is, Mr. Narendra Modi did not solicit an invitation. Wharton chose on its own to invite him. It's a disgrace to the country if you have this kind of a precedent where you kind of, you know, invite someone, disinvite them only because three people are... Agitating. But you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. Which has liked his development, his good work and his winning consistently. Isn't a
0: democracy eventually about electoral politics no, and the mandate let of the me the majority. Just ask, well, Let me just and ask Sohail the so question be I asked earlier about image building. So he said you can't have it both ways. What China NC says that Mr. Modi didn't ask for the invitation, but he didn't accept it. And the fact is that Mr. Modi does seem to have been reaching out for international approval in a sense as, as the, the point that he flew down to Delhi met with European Union ambassadors he explained that? himself as the European Union ambassador said we asked him to explain on human rights violations and he explained himself now that's Why not European something relations? he's done in front of any uh, of, uh, even the people of Gujarat in that sense on Look, this issue of explaining himself he can't have it both I... ways
7: ok le- le- let me say this and uh, you know I don't want to get into the middle of ...of a debate between BJP and Congress. Mm-hmm. I just want a very a different contrarian view if I can place that. The thing is that every chief minister, every politician would like a forum like Wharton to be heard at. That's, I mean, that's the reality. Let's be honest, let's not be hypocritical to say that he didn't want it, he wanted it, blah, blah, blah. The fact is that anyone, and especially in Modi's position, would want an international forum... To do two things. to Number one, to tell the world I'm no longer the pariah that you think I am. Mm-hmm. And number two, I have been elected democratically. I have a perspective. You may not like it, but you've got to hear it. I think Wharton, to my mind, has overplayed or overextended its discourtesies, if I can, if I can call them that. Look, everyone knew, especially those three wise professors, that there was a certain by his detractors equally by his followers the, the perspective is that when you invite someone and then you disinvite them because you believe that their views democratic secular views of yes. a country like america then that sounds a bit rich because america is known for double speak it is known for hypocrisy it is known to suck up to people when it suits uh, their purpose That is the DNA of America. And let's understand that. America is guided by commerce, never by compassion, very rarely by ideology. So, Mr. Ayur... point, to to a limited extent, is the Cambridge Union... One minute. The Cambridge Union is slightly different because the Cambridge Union has not been known for hypocrisy. It's been known for a lot of intellectual sagacity. They've invited people with wisdom and they've invited people who have an opinion which will create a web of influence. So I think we're mixing apples and oranges here. Okay. Having said that, mm-hmm. this is going to benefit Narendra Modi and not harm him. Let's be, let's be pretty realistic because, you know, the BJP issued this trite statement. I don't know who it was in the BJP who said, oh, Americans don't vote. By that logic, he shouldn't be wasting his time with Jayesh Patel and his one million fellow Gujaratis. So let I don't just, think that just, logic holds. Let me the just get Manishankar Ayer on some of the Narendra points you Modi raised. If wants to become Prime Minister of this country...
0: Yes. Let me just get Manish on some of the points you raised, Mr. Ayer. you said you are proud to be to a secular fundamentalist. In a sense, sure. what those three professors and their group of 250 people managed to raise up is a different kind of fundamentalism their opponents say. Can... 300 people decide whether mr. Narendra Modi should address a student's forum or not the point is what about the students the students wanted him they were overruled by their faculty surely this is after all a student organized forum
8: if you're asking yeah. me the question yes why don't you allow Meenakshi and the other gentlemen to answer for me you asked me a question about 10 minutes ago
6: I'm not Meenakshi, and I'm instead Simon. of allowing
8: me to instead of allowing me to reply, you have given them my 10 minutes to answer the question that you posed to me. So it seems to me that you are fit to be raised as the speaker of the Lok Sabha or as the, or as the chairman of the Rajya Sabha. I insist that if you ask me a question, I have the right to reply.
0: Go ahead, Mr. Manish. Are you ready
8: to guarantee me that? Are you ready to guarantee me I guarantee my freedom of speech on your program?
0: I guarantee you your freedom of speech on my program, sir. I interrupted you on a question of fact, but please go ahead. I guarantee you your freedom of speech.
8: Not only did you interrupt me on a point of fact, your <laughs> other panelists answered your question for me.
0: Go ahead, sir. Go ahead.
8: But only on the assumption that yes. I will be allowed to finish what I had to say. Yes. All right, my answer is this. I was a very active student at the Cambridge Union. And in my day, it was decided to invite uh, somebody who represented the British National Party, which is a Nazi party. And we were overruled by the proctors of the university. And if England is the home of free speech and the mother of all parliaments, and if my companions at the Cambridge Union went on to become senior ministers in Her Majesty's government, then I think we need to understand that while students are free to invite whom they want, the proctors of a university or whatever is the equivalent in American universities, where I had the privilege to not study, have an equal right to overrule the students. The objections (laughs) came from 100, 150 150 (coughs) senior Indian academics who see in Numodi the exact equivalent of Adolf Hitler or Schickelgruber. And this Adolf Schickelgruber Hitler has come to power in India in exactly the same way as Adolf Schickelgruber Hitler came to power in Germany. And even if he does have supporters in India Above all, one Mr. Adani, the platinum sponsor, who has been a major beneficiary of Mr. Modi's (coughs) peculiar economic policies. I think it is the duty of the university as a whole to recognize the voice started by professors, Indian professors, at the University of Pennsylvania and supported by an army of 150 India's senior most intellectual saying that a man like Modi May I cannot be representative. May <laughs> oh, can I finish? Can I finish? Can this, this Meenakshi ever hold her tongue speak. until I finish speaking? Why is it that on every TV program I get or, Shayan, I'm with her? Because I'm making an absolute ass of her. It's she completely has to
0: be Sir, if you can finish your answer, then I'm going to go across to next. It's not Meenakshi Lekhi, it's China NC. No, no, but let me finish my yes, answer. go ahead. I mean, just because
8: my point of view is probably not in accord with yours, I have a contrarian view to Meenakshi Lekhi. If Meenakshi Lekhi won't let me speak,
2: I'm not I see Minakshi no reason Lekhi. to, this to support
8: Minakshi the Lekhi. sod speaking at water. So thank you very much. I've had <laughs> a very good have? interview with you. And I'm not going to waste my time anymore with people who do not have enough democratic spirit in parliament or on TV programs to be able to allow another person with a different point of view to speak. I have no interest whatsoever in dealing with the likes of Meenakshi Lekhi and other propagandists of this Indian but, Nazi. But Ms. Thank I- you very much.
0: Ms. Iyer, thank you. But I do have to say that by, by you walking you out my sense, Shaina, uh, I do have to say that he undercuts what he was saying on freedom of speech. Because if he wants that right, why should Narendra Modi get it too? Absolutely. Bed? But why shouldn't Narendra Modi? That's
6: exactly Sonia, my point. He Sonia, wants to have this extended point of view. I was, Sonia, I was only correcting him. I was only correcting him. Thank you, Sohail. Thank you, Sohail. Thank you for giving me back my identity. China, you need to but build your brand. Anyway, let me just say you I was only coming in on one point. Thank you. I
4: Thank no, you very that...
6: much. Well, I'd only like to say this. I wanted to correct him on two facts. One is it was you know, three Stonia. professors and only 135 students. So that is not a majority by any strength of imagination. And if Mr. Manishankar Iyer wanted to have his extended speech and his freedom of expression, why shouldn't contrarian
0: views have the same? That's my point. But uh, Shaina, let me just ask, and uh, so, uh, Sohail, and uh, let me just get in uh, Jesh Patel, who is still with us listening uh, patiently. Jesh Patel, this whole issue of it being a minority and just a few people, but... I think it reflects why when many look at 2014 and coalition politics, given the reality of India, that many worry whether Mr. Modi may draw many more followers than any other uh, political leader. But he also draws as many detractors. And that's really what goes against him, especially in India at the time of coalition politics. What's your view as an NRI considering that the same uh, debate is played out amongst NRIs uh, uh, as well?
5: As as a NRI, I I must say that you know Narendra Modi. If if you criticize more, he's getting more supporters. And a, as far as I you know United States is concerned, I I know very much uh, into detail that you know like uh, he got a lot of lot of uh, supporters. Uh, uh, so every time when there is a criticism, so he is coming out uh, ahead of uh, everybody. Uh, if, if you notice that you know like a. Uh, uh, right now after hearing the news of Wharton uh, you know canceling their program yes.
7: uh,
5: on uh, live speech uh, i get more more phone calls like you know, there we have about 116 organizations only in new jersey so like you get even a, more. You get even movement, more friends
0: for yeah. the BGP in a sense. So in that sense, as a publicity, uh, uh, as a publicity Absolutely. bonanza, <coughs> it works. That's my point initially. So here, say, but it's only by to to larger than life hero and mm-hmm. the more, more is an observer. And I won't, I won't say a political observer, but more is an observer of the events that seem to go on around us all the time. When you look, and I think uh, Mr. Manishankar Ayers is one extreme view of the spectrum, but there are many other, many of Mr. Modi's followers are another extreme end of the spectrum. Will the Guardian. problem be Mr. Modi Guardian. if the NDA comes to power emerging as a consensus candidate that he is not a man who by his personality who by his politics builds consensus? Personality and
5: perspective. I mean, uh, Look, he, he I is very much 100% and I'm uh, not he an is a... Sorry,
7: Mr. Patel. I just, an I'm an just waiting, so he'll
0: say final words. Go ahead. When you so ask ahead.
7: Mr. Patel to uh, wait his New Jersey turn. Yeah. You know, I'm not an ardent political pundit. All I can say is if you go on to social media for whatever reason there is more chatter and there is more buzz around yes. Narendra Modi A.B. people are looking for statements
6: then anybody. you know else. you
7: made a point earlier in the program I'm sure Raul Gandhi has his heart in the right place but we need to know what he stands for A.B. people in this country especially in any democracy silence is not a virtue it's only here. I mean Obama became president more out of oratory than out of ideology having said all of that my personal belief is that one day will come when Narendra Modi will have to clarify the entire issue of Godra. How he does it is entirely up to him. Has he done well as a chief minister? The record speaks for itself. Finally, the Mani Shankar riots and I, I love I mean you know Mani is a friend of mine, but I have to say that just because the Sikh riots in nineteen eighty four weren't televised, let's not forget the carnage. That happened and afflicted 3,418 seats on October 31, November 1 and 2 in 1984. So, you know, let's get rid of the hypocrisy, come to the real issues. And as I said in my opening remarks, Wharton needs to reconsider how it wants to be seen as a business school. You don't begin a business by botching up the business plan. And that's exactly what Wharton did.
0: Right, uh, so Hail said, Shaina N.C. Jayesh Patel, thank you all very much for joining I me. So I thoughts. I would thank Manishankar I.R. if he's still with us, but he's not. But thank you very much. And uh, Shaina, I apologize for you being mistaken for someone else throughout the show. But thanks very much, all of you, for thank joining you. me tonight. Let's move to the other thing. Shaina, I hope you go back and change your name. <laughs> thanks very much, all of you, again. No, and uh, no, 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 clearly not. Let's go to what's really the other big story of the evening. And this is an issue which I will come up in Parliament in a big way as well. The Controller and Auditor General's report on the UPA's boat getter scheme on farm loan waivers announced in 2008 was tabled in Parliament today. It points to a major siphoning off of funds. Funds that literally meant the difference between life and death for farmers. The CAG report points to corruption and shoddy implementation. The main reason why despite the thousands of crores Poured into farmers welfare every year the condition is still so terrible
1: for marginal farmers and small farmers there will be a complete waiver of all loans to farmers <laughs> <of> logon <all> ko fayda na pahuncha hota farm loan ke waiver se to log kyon khush hokar hame 2009 mein adek samarthan ke sath satta mein wapas aaye
2: today The CAG report on the farm loan waiver released. 80,000 farmer accounts were audited. CAG found out that 8% of farmers who got waivers were ineligible. 20 crores were spent on waiving off loans of nearly 7,000 ineligible farmers. Money was siphoned off or record-stampered. 13.5% of the farmers whose accounts were audited were eligible but were not helped. On the basis of CAG's figures, the BJP alleged another massive scam of 10,000 crores. Not surprising as the government is working on another set of welfare schemes ahead of the next general elections, just about 12 months away. When millions of farmers who, were to, who, were, who, are, who should have got benefit are not benefited.
1: And millions of farmers who were not deserving benefit out of this scam. Their accounts get credited and thousands of crores of government money goes in an
2: undesired uh, accounts. That means it's a scam. While the Congress doesn't agree with the CAG's report, it hasn't slammed the auditor like in the recent past. And it points out the political benefits of the farm loan waiver.
1: जो दो बातें मुझे ट्रांस्फेक्ट का जिनको मिली हमें वापस जाने की वो था एक बंदे का और दूसरा जो किया जाता था खत्म किया जाता तो दोनों में ताने नहीं है ना हम तो दोबारा यूपीए सरकार लोगों के तो किस आधार And for information, I will tell you: in the 2004, only I could get elected.
2: Mm. But in the 2009, the tally gone to seven. Ruling party MPs argue that pro-farmer schemes like the loan waiver scheme brought the UPA back here to Parliament. But the CAG has now questioned its implementation. The CAG report surely prompts one question: Are these game-changer schemes more on political hype? then real substance on the ground with Sudhi ranjan sain this is sandeep pukan reporting from parliament for ndtv